0: Today's program is a reminder of how far the Western world has fallen. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. So today, I'm going to pick up on a theme we started yesterday on Monday's program and try to put some things in perspective. There's no doubt in my mind, we live in a very fallen world, a very different world, a very dangerous world, and a very changing world. Now that's not to say that the world hasn't gone through some significant and turbulent changes over the last thousand or two thousand years. I always remind people, particularly in the West, we always think of tribulation only happening to us. We, We forget those that may have lived in Poland in 1939, those that lived in Russia after the year 1917, we forget about North Korea, places like China during the Cultural Revolution. We've seen some very difficult times in this world, and even in what is called the Western-slash-Christianized world. Has had, it's had more of its share of issues as well. Look at all the wars that have occurred in many European Christian nations over the centuries. But what I want to explain today is some of the things that are different today than perhaps what we saw 50 years ago, 100 years ago, even 500 years ago. Now, there have always been non-believers. There's always been evil people in this world, no doubt about it. But evil people were held in regard as evil people by the majority. And see, there's where things are beginning to shift. Either that or people are very deluded. So many people use Germany, 1920s, 1930s, as a a good example of how things can go so terribly wrong. 1932, Hitler came to power in an open and most likely free election. But he won that position as the Chancellor of Germany, ultimately to become its imperial leader, because of all the difficult financial circumstances of the time. And he was making extreme promises to regain the strength of their nation. So many people looking after their own personal welfare and their pockets and their incomes look the other way with many of the atrocities that started going on. In many ways, the United States, Canada, United Kingdom, uh, Australia, in the English-speaking world, are not a whole lot different today the Bible always talks about reaping what you sow, and any anybody that's ever had a garden or a farmer or even a small garden for that matter knows that when you plant tomatoes, you get tomatoes. When you plant bell peppers, you get bell peppers, and so on and so forth. If you sow evil you're going to get evil. When you sow unrighteousness, you're going to get unrighteousness. And for too many years in the United States, and I understand the danger because we are to be in a republic. No, we're not a democracy in the United States. And anybody, any politician, by the way, that ever says our democracy, you've heard them. Yes, we have to preserve our democracy. They are either one or A, they're either totally illiterate or B, they're trying to lie to you to convince you of something that is not true. The United States was never, from its founding, a democracy. The United States was a republic where even the minority, their rights are protected. See, in a true democracy, it's kind of like the old saying, you may have heard it before, I'm sure you have, It's like a sheep and two wolves uh, deciding to vote on what they're having for lunch. That's a democracy. That's the big danger of any kind of democracy. It becomes very quickly mob rule, especially when you can persuade the intellectually narrow-minded or intellectually devoid who are seeking their own personal wealth. See that's one of the problems we see today in the United States and we've seen it in Canada and every in a lot of other places the social welfare program. We need to tax the rich so we poor people can have more of their stuff. And what you've done is you've it's not a biblical thing at all. You you cannot legitimize theft. The Bible has never legitimized theft. What God's people are supposed to do is give a percentage, all, not just some, not just the top earners, but all give of what they have, large or small. But we've created a system now in the United States, and we see it all over the world, where we create this social welfare system. And it creates some of the problems we have today. We're not a democracy in the United States. We're a republic. The problem is we are acting more and more every day like a democracy, and all democracies will come to a violent end. They always do. So I look at the world today, and I think of some of the things in Scripture that are just coming to my mind. And I happen to open my Bible up today, getting ready for the program, not really looking for anything in particular. And no, I didn't open the Bible up with, you know, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, and then try to find something uh, to read to you. But I just happened to open up, and I was getting ready to look, and my eyes just happened to catch. I'm in First Chronicles 16, and I'm going to begin here at verse 24. Actually, I'll start at verse 23. Sing unto the Lord. All the earth show forth from day to day his salvation. Declare his glory among the heathen, his marvelous works among all nations. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is also to be feared above all gods. I'm going to stop right there for a moment. Got a lot to share today, but I just want to get our minds in focus. God's, of course, listed here in the scripture is in a small G. And those are anything that you worship or hold in esteem higher than almighty God. It does not have to be an idol. It does not have to be, you know, uh, what's that fake God people talk about when they try to ridicule Christians, uh, the flying spaghetti monster or something. Whatever your God is. Once again, that verse for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is also to be feared above all gods. For some people, their gods are money, their career. Their career becomes their God. It's what they put all their devotion and their efforts into. And if they claim to be Christians, they do a very poor job. In other words, if if you were taken to court, is there enough evidence to even convict you of your faith? And see then, verse 26, For all the gods of the people are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Glory and honor are in his presence, strength and gladness are his place. Give unto the Lord, kingdoms of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. What a way to start the program today. You know, it's so easy when I come to this microphone five days a week or in these next couple of weeks, more like four days a week. But when I come before this microphone, it's really easy to go to the headline news. And I've got plenty of news stories out there that will just break your heart, make you angry. But honestly, from time to time, we need to address these particular issues. I mean, seriously, we do. But I want to focus today on the how far we have fallen and what we as Christians are called by God to do. I'm not ready yet to pick up and head out to the wilderness or to the mountains to hide. I'm not quite there yet. I know that across the centuries of Christianity, Oftentimes, God called his people out of harm's way into a different place to wait for a different time. And I believe that day could be coming sooner in many parts of the world than later. And if you don't believe me, think about Christians that are in nations like Afghanistan today. Now that we have pulled out the United States in such a reckless and un believably poorly thought out manner, once again, the reprobate minds are in charge. They have believed all the false idols, all the false sins, and they celebrate them, and thus their mind is no longer capable of true logic. In other words, their minds are damaged. And it's a damage they've imposed upon themselves. So that's how you get the kind of exit from Afghanistan so poorly done, so poorly thought out, and so political, leaving people behind. The stories coming out of Afghanistan today, the media that is in full sync with this reprobate administration, because they love each other, they they love the same sins. They worship the same idols. They're totally in sync with each other, and they hate the true almighty God. That includes Joe Biden, and I'll explain why I believe that in a few minutes. We have a reprobate-minded administration, way too many in the Congress of the United States and the Senate of the United States also have reprobate minds. Many state governors, many states legislatures, and far too many in the judicial system as well, from judges to to those that enforce the rules. Or should I say, reinterpret and mm, selectively enforce the law and the rules. This little audio clip lasts just a few minutes. And it's Representative Jim Jordan out of Ohio. Maybe you like him, maybe you don't, but he does make a good point. He's questioning for a few minutes the head of the Justice Department, or I call it now the the Department of Injustice. Justice for sale to the highest bidder and for any woke cause out there. I don't trust them anymore. What should be a A bulwark institution that we can depend upon to protect all of us has now been weaponized by this reprobate, evil administration. And this little audio clip talking about some of the events going on, and this is with Merrick Garland, the uh, Attorney General of the United States, the Chief Law Enforcement Officer. And as I listen to his weaselly answers, and I'm sorry to put it that way, but they are weaselly answers. He doesn't want to really answer because he knows the truth is damaging. But he still believes in the evil cause that he pushes. Just take a few minutes. Listen to Representative Jim Jordan asking questions of our Attorney General. And see if when you get to the bottom of this, if there are not chills up and down your spine. Thank you, Mr. Yes. Chairman. Uh, March
1: 25th, Joe Biden criticizes the Georgia election law. Three months later, the Department of Justice challenges it. September 1st, Joe Biden criticizes the new pro-life law in Texas. Eight days later, the Department of Justice challenges it. September 29th, the political organization asks President Biden to involve the FBI in local school board issues. Five days later, the Department of Justice does just that. Mr. Attorney General, was it just a coincidence that your memo came five days after the National School Boards Association
2: letter went to the president? So we are concerned about violence and threats of violence across the board against school officials, against... Um, Is there
1: any connection, board, Mr. Attorney General, with the school board letter and then five days later your memo to
2: uh, uh, regarding school board issues? Obviously, the letter, which uh, was public and asked for assistance from the Justice Department, was brought to our attention, and it's a relevant factor. In gave making you the discussion. letter? I'm sorry? How did you become aware of the letter? Who gave it to well, you? I read about the letter um, in the news. That's how I read about it. What letter. the White House told you to write the memo? No one in the White House spoke to me about the memo at all. Uh, but I, I am sure—I um, at least—I certainly would believe that the uh, uh, White House um, communicated its concerns about the letter to the Justice Department, and that is. Oh, that's my next a- question. Did you or anyone at
1: the Justice Department discuss the memo
2: with White House personnel or with
1: anyone at the White House before the memo was sent? I did
2: not. I don't know whether anyone discussed the memo. I am sure that the communication from the National Association of School Boards um, was uh, discussed between, uh, between the White House and the Justice Department, and that's perfectly appropriate just as— Who those my, individuals? Who at the White House I, talked I with? Who at the Justice Department? I don't know. I don't know. Did he talk to you? Did someone call you? I, the, I think the the I've killer? answered. No one from the White House spoke to me. But the White House is um, perfectly appropriately concerned about violence, just like they're concerned about violence in the streets. And they make uh, requests of the Justice Department in that respect, just like they're Did you about...
1: or anyone at the Department of Justice communicate with the American Federation of Teachers, the National Education Association, or the National School Boards Association prior to your memo? I did not. I don't know. I don't th- know if anyone else at the Justice Department did? I don't know. Do you know if it, did, did you or anyone at the Justice Department communicate with those, those organizations, AFT, NEA, National School Board Association, prior to the letter? Did you help the National School Board Association put together the letter?
2: Again, not. I, I have had no such conversations. I would be surprised if, if that happened, but I don't know. Will FBI agents be attending local school board meetings? No, FBI agents will not be attending local school board meetings, and there's nothing in this memo to suggest that. I want to, again, try to be clear. This memo is about violence and threats well, of violence. Let me just point it's out, not, the same
1: day you did the memo, the Justice Department sent out a press release, Monday, October 24th, or excuse me, Monday, October 4th, 2021. The press release says, Justice Department addresses violent threats against school officials and teachers. Now, you said earlier to a question from one of my colleagues on the Republican side that parents aren't domestic terrorists. We're not going to treat them that way. But let me just read from the third paragraph. According to the Attorney General's memorandum, the Justice Department will launch a series of additional efforts in the coming days designed to address the rising criminal conduct directed towards school personnel. Those efforts are extended, expected to include a creation of a task force consisting of representatives from the department's criminal division, civil rights division, executive office of U.S. attorneys, the FBI, the community relations service, office of justice programs, and the national security division. Now I find that interesting. You said there's no way you're going to be treating parents as domestic terrorists, but you got the national security division in a press release regarding your memo that day
2: my memo does not mention the National Security divisions It's addressed.
1: I didn't to the say it did. System. I said the press release accompanying your memo that day from the Department of Justice. Right here it is. It talks clear about as the I National Security be. Division being part of this effort.
2: I want to be clear as I can be. This is not about what happens in inside school board meetings. It's only about threats of violence and violence aimed at school officials, school employees, and teachers. First sentence of you your memo, very first, first me- sentence, you
1: said, in recent months there's been a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, threats of violence. Yes. When did you first review the data showing this so-called disturbing uptick?
2: So I read the letter, and we have been seeing over time Whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't ask you. So you read the letter. That's, that's your source? So let me be clear. This is not a prosecution or an investigation. Is there investigation. some study,
1: some effort, some investigation someone did that said there's been a disturbing uptick,
2: or you just take the words of the National School Board Association? When well, the National School Board Association, which represents thousands of school boards and school board members, says that there are these kind of threats. When we read in the newspapers reports of threats of violence, when that is in the context of threats of violence, the against source all. for
1: this, for the very first line in your in your memo, time of the gentleman has expired. Was the school the time board of the association gentleman has letter
0: expired, Mister Dyke. And of course, the split second that the time is up, Jerry Nadler from New York, another person that I think is pure evil in our government, absolute pure, unashamed evil, and proud of his evil. Very proud of his evil. Now, I noticed in the same hearing, if a if a Democrat is going over and making Merrick Garland apparently allegedly look good, not easy to do. Well, you know, those extra seconds or so, they're they're not important and nobody's going to gavel you down. But you try to bring truth into this world today. You are gaveled down. Tell the truth on Facebook, you're gaveled down. Tell the truth on Twitter, they they just remove you. We're seeing what's playing out in our own democracy, and that's what we are not. And that's why we're getting ourselves into these problems. We're running around believing we're a democracy, and we have an elite class of rulers that know more than us. So let's take a quick look at their discussion. You look at how this Justice Department is going after states doing things that this administration doesn't like, though every bit of what these states are doing are completely legal and constitutional. It is. Let's be honest. States have got a lot more power that is being eroded away by a rapidly growing, bloated, and increasingly evil federal government. I'm just going to call it the way I see it. We've entrenched too many of the deep state bureaucrats, deep staters in the FBI. Think of Peter Strzok and Miss Page, the happy lovers and texters to each other that hated Trump, that perpetuated a lie and a myth, yet they are not fired or in prison where they belong. One quits, the other one is still at the FBI. Which only goes to show how how diseased that organization is. But then again, you go back in history. They like to talk about their great history starting in the early 1900s, the FBI. And they were a very small group with a very small mission. But now they're a very bloated group that became extremely bloated when run by a transvestite that wore dresses in his office that kept a dossier on every political figure in Washington, D.C., to keep control over them and keep his budget growing. It was evil then, and I believe it has been very evil in recent, in recent years. Oh, I know there are some good agents out there. I've met a few. I've talked to several that worked at the FBI for many years, and they talk about what they did in their field office. And they also quietly say how they distrusted those at the J. Edgar Hoover building in Washington, D.C. as way too political. And so here we have the head of the Department of Justice talking about the, the election laws in Georgia. And then, of course, the, the newest big crisis du jour Parents that are angry about the garbage being shoved into the brains of their children by these reprobate indoctrinators in these indoctrination centers. And it's not just critical race theory. It's, it's this transgenderism mental illness, and that's what it is. When I saw this, when I saw Richard Levine, who goes by the name of Rachel becoming the first female admiral, it's a boy, it's a man. It's a man who is married to a woman, has two children, and decided one day, Man, I feel like a woman. And because he feels like a woman, he divorces his wife, walks away from his family, changes his name. You know, I read an interesting story about his wife, Yeah, remember, he was married for, what, 20 years, has children. And his wife used to be very active as a writer, um, as a teacher in a university in Pennsylvania. And it seems that after Richard kind of went through his change, left her behind as he pursued his new wonderful life, as a woman, she didn't write as much. While he is becoming more famous, and, and this little bureaucrat from in the health department in Pennsylvania, because now he's a celebrity transgender, the kind of stuff we elevate on, on the altar that we worship as our new God. He becomes a celebrity and keeps rising up the ranks faster than anybody else because he's such a or she whatever he chose a female pronoun had some surgeries done lots of hormones but he'll still never get rid of that y chromosome that's just not going to happen but he feels like a woman now and now he's the celeb he's celebrity among the democrats and he's, he's made in charge of everything health wise in Pennsylvania. And of course, if you want to move up the reprobate ladder, wait till Joe Biden takes office in D.C., and now you've moved up your salary, your rank, and position to a federal level. And then you have uh, the, the Surgeon General of the United States, uh, Vicky Murtha, another person that just keeps spouting scientific nonsense and believes that everything is man-made and the virus is real and it just happened to come out of the wild and all the all the weird stuff and so they're so proud of themselves as
3: as as rachel may, tells everybody i am honored to serve as the first female four-star officer of the u.s public health service commissioned corps and the first openly transgender four-star officer to serve across any of the eight uniformed services. This is a momentous occasion, and I am honored to take this role for the impact that I can make and for the historic nature of what it symbolizes. I stand on the shoulders of those LGBTQ plus individuals who came before me, both those known and unknown. May this appointment today be the first of many more to come, As we create a diverse and more inclusive future. Sorry,
0: I have to disagree, Richard. We are not creating a more diverse future. We're creating more of a deviant future, a dangerous future, and a deranged future. We have these indoctrination centers pushing all of this stuff into our children's heads. Telling them that they can choose their gender. I was reading an article. And the big uptake of the article was was rather simple. That suddenly in in recent years, over 10% of middle school students believe that they're trapped in the wrong body. A boy trapped in a girl's body. A girl trapped in a boy's body. And we have to fix this with hormones and surgeries and... And we must be accepting that this is totally normal. There's nothing abnormal about any of this that you decide one day after you've grown up, been on the football team, went to college, got married, had two children, that somehow now I'm really a woman trapped in a man's body. I looked at Richard, who goes by Rachel, wearing that uniform. It's a man wearing a dress with his hair tied back trying to pretend he's a woman and promoting everything the Bible really has an issue with. It's not just transgenderism. It's every other sexual issue you can imagine being thrown out there that we must embrace it we must accept it, we must promote it, and dare you speak against it, we shall silence thee, we shall cancel culture thee, we shall destroy thee. That's the world we're living in today. There's a lot I want to share on today's program. And I really didn't expect to end up where we did. I want to get back to some of what we started with, and understand where this world is going to and what we need to do about it. Right now, I think there are a lot of Christians who feel very paralyzed. What do I do? Between the pandemic shutting down the churches, between the media just condemning and ridiculing people of faith, mainstream media is not your friend. Don't ever think that they are anymore. Maybe, maybe 40 or 50 years ago, they respected you but no longer. If you're a person of faith, you're just an ignorant individual that has no real purpose in life. You're not, you're not enlightened enough to understand this world, according to the Rachel Levines who have figured it out, that you can change your gender on demand. We have so much evil running around in our government today. that the fact that God has not treated us like Sodom and Gomorrah, or during the times of Noah. By the way, I think we're getting closer to the times of Noah than I care to discuss. Before we go to break, just want to mention something at the website that people are beginning to use. And I'm being really cautious not to share any of the stuff coming on the prayer request tab. But know there are a few of us out there that see these and pray for you and your need been getting them from the United States and Canada of late, and I want to thank you for sending your prayer request. I believe in the power of prayer. I believe that we, together, we need to begin to band together as Christians the body of Christ and recognize that we're in a far different world today than the world we knew just 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and definitely 40 years ago. If you'd like to support this ministry, there are several ways you can do it. Number one, for your convenience, you can use the website. I'm also going to be adding another version of paying on that site that is going to be Christian-based. Looking into it right now, haven't made a decision yet, but when we have a little time, when we get into November, I'm going to do some more research. Yeah, with the wedding coming up this coming Saturday and a whole lot to get done Time is becoming really short. And so I'll get into that after things kind of simmer down just a bit. Or if you'd like, you can make a check payable to my parent ministry, which is Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address, because we're doing so much travel, and I just want to make sure that everything gets to us so we don't have anything get lost, is 5753. Highway 85 North, that's 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248, that's number 3248, in Crestview, one word, Crestview, C-R-E-S-T-V-I-E-W, Crestview, Florida, and the zip code is 32536. Once again, Five seven five three highway eighty five north, number three two four eight in Crestview, Florida, three two five three six. And we will be right back. This
3: is truth to ponder with Bob Beerman. Your fullness of time coming up. Shalom Alechem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn. your Jewish connection bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now it's written in Galatians, in the fullness of time, God sent his son born of a woman. Now what does that mean? Some people point to the fact that Messiah came at the perfect time. Rome had unified the world in the Mediterranean. The Greek language had unified culture and there were Roman roads and the Jewish diaspora made for the gospel. But is it that? Or is it simply that the time was right and he came? He came because it was the perfect time, and so that made it the fullness of time. Well, fullness of time is a very Jewish and Hebrew expression. It speaks often of prophecy being fulfilled, God's purpose is being fulfilled. Yeah, the things were set up, but you know what? It's not that Messiah came because it was the right time. It was the right time because Messiah came. Messiah wasn't born because it was the perfect time. It was the perfect time time because he was born you see we tend to look for the perfect time which means the perfect situation when everything will be right in our lives the perfect church perfect job perfect marriage perfect situation perfect everything then i'll be happy but you know that's not it at all When Messiah comes, it's the perfect time and thus the perfect everything else. The point of your life isn't to get to the perfect situation or place. You know, it's going to be less than perfect, but it's let Messiah come into that less than perfect situation. Because whenever he comes, it's the perfect time. Paul said, I've learned the secret of being content in all situations. doesn't matter what's going on. If he's in it, it's perfect in that. That's what it's about. This world will never be perfect, you know, but your job is to let the perfect come into it. Messiah didn't come because the time was perfect. The time became perfect because Messiah came. Now, feeling like your walk with God could use a spiritual boost? We got the answer. A free subscription to Sapphire's warning uses directed can revolutionize your walk for victory. The mystery of the temple doors, all free. You'll love it. How do you get it? All this, just remember Jesus' Hebrew name. Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. It's easy. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's one 800 S H U A one Now, I invite you to minister with me in two of the most exciting ministries to beam the word of life around the earth by shortwave radio to every tribe and tongue and to Israel, the Jewish people who gave you the gospel. How? Just call now, 1-800-Yeshua 1, and you can be part of the the end time harvest. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Now you can write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, it is the fullness of time because Messiah has come. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah Haderech, the way.
0: to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. A couple of things that are on my mind. Change direction just a little bit, but also tie it all together. It's real easy to talk about the evils in this world. They're so visible, they're so in your face... I can remember a time. I'm thinking back when I was in college. I used to ride occasionally because I went to college in New York City. Yeah, I rode the subways from time to time. Now we're talking 19, early 1970s. And people would be talking and saying things, but there's a big difference 50 years later. See, if you get on that same subway today, people, they have no filter on their mouth at all. And, and trust me, a face diaper is probably more suited for the stuff that comes out of these people's mouths versus a virus. It seems that unacceptable language is now acceptable. In music, in our culture, in restaurants, in subways, in public places, nobody cares anymore. The filter is off. And that just shows the level of how far we have fallen. Are we getting to be like the time of Noah? Where more and more people turn their backs on an almighty God? I really believe we are. And let's put it in perspective again, once again. The majority of people in the United States the majority no longer have any affiliation with any kind of church, mosque, or synagogue, or any religion, period. 53% of Americans are no longer affiliated with anything, period. Now, what about the 47% that are? Well, some belong to... Obviously, cults are non-Christian religions. But of those that claim to be followers of Christ, claim, make the claim. Many of those churches are empty shells. They're dead. They died a long time ago. They threw out Christ, his word, what God requires. They've reinvented a new gospel and made a mockery of the word church. They're not churches at all. They're centers for man's self-imposed praise, and somehow the deity is going to bless all of our sinful actions. That's pretty much what the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America became. Presbyterian Church, USA, United Methodist Church, far too many of their congregations, far too many of their clergy... Far too many of their participants on a Sunday have thrown out the true gospel of Jesus Christ to a perverted gospel that makes them feel good about the sins they want to celebrate. And those who remain in the tiny percent of Christians, we're increasingly in the minority. We are ridiculed for our faith, we are mocked as just uninformed losers. Jesus says in Matthew 10, he reminds his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. You know, I'm getting to a point in my life and my ministry and what I do. This is part of my ministry doing this radio program. It's an unpaid ministry, but that's fine. God has taken care of our personal needs. But I want to take the work that I'm doing beyond just a radio show. I need to refocus efforts again, even though I'm supposedly retired back into certain functioning ministry to get the word out to those that God has placed in my path. You know, I'm thinking I'm thinking of some of the things that Jesus said to his disciples. He called his 12 disciples together in chapter 10 of the book of Matthew. And he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. The 12 were sent forth, and here's what Jesus said to them. And I'm going to read not, I'm not going to read all of this, but there's some material here you need to hear and i wish i had time i'll maybe i'll get more into this again thursday it says go not to the way of the gentiles and into any city of the samaritan's enter ye not but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of israel and as you go preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand heal the sick cleanse the lepers raise the dead cast out devils freely ye have received freely give provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses. In other words, don't take anything with you. Nor any kind of script for your journey. Neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staffs. For the workman is worthy of his meat or wage. In other words, wherever this person is sent to share that gospel, to share that good news, you abide with those that receive the message. And if the house be worthy, I'm just jumping a few verses ahead, give your peace upon it, but if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. In other words, kick off the dust from your shoes and move on. For those who are given the opportunity to hear the message and listen carefully and reject, here's what Jesus says in verse 15. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable, more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for those cities or that city that rejects my word. Then he reminds them, behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Now, this verse, we, we... we kind of forget about it, but we need to really remember it. Those of us, and there are many of you that I know God has called, but you're not answering his call. It's it's a statistical given. Those of us, those of you, we are basically sheep being sent among wolves. And in order to do that, we need to be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Even Jesus reminds us to understand the ways of this world. Don't be ignorant. You know, you have to you need to understand it. Because see these are the ones that'll deliver you up to councils and they'll scourge you in their synagogues. And and this is a message that goes from the time that Jesus said it all the way until today. And ye shall be bought before governors and kings for my sake, for testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought of how or what you shall speak. For it shall be given to you in the same hour what ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. Jesus is showing how the mission is going to work. He sends them out with his power. And then they come back unto Jesus to continue their earthly ministry. And the same pattern is repeated with St. Paul. Same pattern is repeated all throughout history in a hostile world that is against the gospel. And the brother shall deliver up the brother unto death, and the father the child. And the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death you know in some parts of the world today today a child giving their their heart and their life over to Jesus Christ becoming a christian parents will kill that child in some parts of the world today that is the satanic evil that is out there but remember when they persecute you in the, in this city, flee ye into another. For verily I say unto you, ye, ye shall not have gone over the cities of Israel until the Son of Man has become. The disciple is not above his master. Now I want to jump to another verse here. And once again, all these things, well, Jesus also says, verse 27, What I tell you in darkness that ye speak in the light, and what ye hear in the ear that ye preach in the Ye upon the housetops, and fear not them which can kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. And then Jesus begins to discuss how God cares for those that he loves and redeems, and his love for those that he is redeemed. Is not measured by a mansion or a big car, big bank accounts, and everything is happy, happy, happy. I'm so sick and tired of Christians that expect, well, I'm a Christian. My life should be good and happy and should be trouble-free. People that talk about being in Christ and never having hardships or issues worry me, very much worry me. We are coming into a time of delusion that increases by the hour. Forget the month or the year. it, It increases by the hour. And the television networks, NBC, ABC, CBS, MSNBC, CNN, and the newspapers, and all the woke media, they just celebrate every new form of mental illness and sin and corruption. And they flaunt it in your face like you must believe this. You must do this. And they put on their their superstars on their TV sets like Don Lemon or Lamond, Rachel Maddow and others. They keep pushing all this nonsense upon you and I. What is God calling you to do? I know not everybody is called to be a preacher or a teacher. Or an evangelist, or anything in particular. I mean, not everybody's called, but we're all called to do something. And I think what we're getting into today, honestly speaking, we are living in such a time like we've never seen before where the gloves are off. We're not even, people are not even trying to hide their filthy language, their attitudes, and their anger. They just do what they do. They don't even try to hide in darkness anymore because the world has become such a dark place. They think acting the way that they do requires no filter on their part because the world is accepting of this. Listen to the music today. You'll, you'll understand what I'm talking about. It's time for you It's time for even me at times to remember who we serve. And if you're not sure of what to do, you need to spend more time in God's word, the scriptures. You need to spend more time in prayer. You need to turn your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes
4: upon Jesus. Look full in Him. strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace turn your eyes to the hillside where justice
0: Have you, have you turned your eyes upon Jesus? Have you yielded yourself to be his servant? I think many that call upon the name of Christ have a hard issue with giving up control of themselves. We live at a very different time than any time that I can remember in my life. If you had told me five years ago, ten years ago, even two or three years ago, The day would come when churches would be shut down for a reason. We would never have believed it in the United States or even Canada and even Australia, even in jolly old England. Of course, we must recognize that in the United Kingdom, the number of people that are going to church anymore is such a tiny number. It didn't make any big difference if the churches were shut down or not. It had been declining rapidly in the United States. We had gotten to that percentage of only 47% involved with any kind of religious activity or organization before the pandemic. And I would venture to say that number has declined even further in that time. We now see that the fear of a virus or the fear of anything in particular can be used to restrict your freedoms And your freedom of worship. And many are very comfortable with that. They don't care. It's one less thing they have to worry about. You know, I'm thinking of what St. Paul writes in 2 Thessalonians in chapter chapter 2. It says in verse 3... Let no man deceive you by any means, for the day shall not come except there be a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. Once again, verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there be a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. I've been hesitant to talk about as the vaccine, the mark of the beast kind of thing because I don't really want to get into some of these concepts that people have. I'm inclined to say no, it's not the mark, but it's going to be a pre- precursor to a mark because that son of perdition is not yet revealed and known. Put that aside for another day. What I do know is this: we have a short time to reach those that need to be reached period. The way churches have been structured, we cannot count on the church as we know it today to be around two or three years from now. Regardless of who wins in 2022 or 2024 in the United States, it doesn't matter. It can all come to a crashing end quickly. I said at the very beginning of this program, when I first started it, when this program first began, back in August of 2020, end of August, I said, even if the election goes the way many people thought it was, we only get a temporary respite and we better use that time wisely. Well, it didn't work out and we see the mess that we're in. One of the things besides this radio program, I need to spend more time speaking, preaching. Hey, I've got the gear. I've got the PA system. I own this, this stuff. Maybe I should go to a few places, and we should just grab those few that God has called together to worship and praise, and cry out before an almighty God, and be like the early Christians. We need to let the Lord direct our hearts, as St. Paul wrote in 2 Thessalonians, into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. We need to share the good news of the gospel. Maybe I'll get into this on Thursday and Friday even more extensively. If God has got a call on your life, why not reach out to me? You can use my direct email address, bob at truth2ponder.com, bob at truth2ponder.com. Maybe I can be a conduit to get more of us together in understanding what God has very much called us to do and the things we need to be doing. Keep that in mind. If you believe in our ministry and want to help us out financially I'd, re- I'd really appreciate it. Our mailing address while we are in Florida is Truth to Ponder. You can make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's just a parent ministry. Nobody gets paid there either. And that is 5753 Highway 85 North number 3248 that's five. 5- 753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That is in Crestview, Florida. Crestview, Florida, 32536. Have a special guest coming in for tomorrow's program. And then when we get back on Thursday, let's talk more about what God is calling you to do, what God is calling us to do, and how we can, by the power of His Holy Spirit, accomplish that work together this has been truth to ponder with bob bierman to find out more visit our website truth the number two and the word ponder.com that's truth the number two ponder.com truth to ponder shining the light of truth in a darkening world